And we're, we're live, whatever you want to take it. Okay, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to Best of Buds uh, podcast. I guess this is episode number three, Ben. This is episode number three. three. I think there's no going yeah. back. Once you do things in threes, isn't there? A, there's a rule of threes. Things happen in threes. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but that's usually yeah, bad that's things. That's the lucky number. Is that? Oh yeah, there the are some lucky things. Yeah. So are we gonna are we gonna consider this very lucky or very bad? I say it's lucky. We're lucky. Beyond two. Beyond two. We're lucky. We're lucky. We get to we get to hang out with folks from the cannabis industry and talk about the cannabis industry. I would consider that. Uh, three times a lucky. So we're sitting here today with uh, folks from Outlaw Extracts. So Outlaw Extracts, tell us what it is. Tell us about yourselves. Um, where did it start? Who are you? All right. Well, let's start off. I'm Brandon McCormick. I'm the leader of Outlaw Extracts. Uh, we just barely started. We're getting our equipment in right now, and uh, we hope to produce some quality concentrates coming to New Mexico here pretty soon within the next few months. Nice. Well, I'm Johnny. Um, I guess I'm second in command from Brandon, but... Yeah, I'm here to learn as much as I can. Brandon has been teaching me, you know, everything that he knows about extracts. And so I'm here to learn, put in as much input as I can and just, you know, come up on this road of extractions in New Mexico. You're so. sort of the Daniel's son right now. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To yeah. I am the, Mr. Miyagi. I'm his uh, Anakin to the Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's how we like <laughs> yeah. to think about it for sure. <laughs> Is that a Star Wars reference? <laughs> yes, Absolutely. yes, definitely. There We're hoping to have some Star Wars. Those yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both are into that, yeah, for sure. So, uh, so this is not a stereotype, gentlemen, by any means, but I imagine in a distilling situation like you guys are with the extraction stuff, there's a lot of Star Wars jokes because that's probably just the, the nature of the biz. Because we're a little nerdy. We're like science, also. folks. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah science, though. Science it kind of gets in there for sure. <laughs> I was walking that way without calling them nerds. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're right there. It. We own it. We're walking that path for sure. I'm a different kind of nerd, you know. Like <laughs> I come in has. peace. I come in peace. There you go. There, there you go. go. I didn't even know what that was, but I just threw them. <laughs> Are these good? Are these good? You're into it. You're into it. That oh, works, right. man. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, guys. Thanks for for joining us. So we have Brandon, and I'm, and I'm sorry, I missed your name, my man. Johnny, Johnny, yeah. Brandon, and Johnny Outlaw Extracts uh, in New Mexico. Uh, tell us what an extract is, right? Like, I think, I think, I I think a lot of things, but I think in the in relation to the cannabis industry in in Albuquerque. Folks are, it, it went recreational and now folks are, are wanting to get engaged with it, with, if you will, like involved, right? Mm -hmm. but yeah, like, definitely. I don't know, you know, growing up, I only ever smoked it. I still primarily enjoy smoking it. But um, before we kind of jumped on here, I was joking with Brandon, like, tell me what I don't know about that I should know about in extracts. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, so I guess the first thing is extracts of any sorts are just like concentrated versions of specific chemicals or molecules that are in uh, certain substances. So in the case of cannabis, we're trying to concentrate things like THC, CBD, cannabinoids or terpenes as well, which we'll kind of get into a little bit more later. But ultimately, uh, it's just concentrated versions of all of those chemicals. And we're trying to concentrate THC uh, as our main substance. And we get these concentrated extracts as they're called and there's various different forms of them all the way ranging from distillate to live resins to sugars yeah. uh butters etc thc is definitely the most popular though i think definitely for sure that's definitely what they want i think it goes from 
buds and then concentrates will be you know second you know people what are buying the most and then edibles after that but yeah and for different types of concentrates you can smoke different kinds of concentrates you can vape them you can make them into edibles um when people make edibles the primary way is they make distillate uh through our versions that we're going to be showing you our processes and they uh, put it into edibles and they make different types of edibles that way. So, give me give me like a layman's term for distillate, bro. Like the oil that goes into your wax pens. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. The oil that goes into your wax pens, the gold oil that comes out, that's yeah, distillate. Right there's gold. Yeah, in there, but there's some. <laughs> so basically you get your extract that comes out of this first machine here, our extraction machine, and then you refine it a little further. It's similar to like liquor. So when you make alcohol like beer and then you refine it to make liquor so you concentrate mm -hmm. it further that's like distillate for thc for cannabis so like for reference so when you did like butter at your house you know back in the day how, how much more pure is the stuff that you guys are making so thc can range like thc content in buds can range anywhere from about five to 25 30 percent but concentrates can range anywhere from about 70 to like 95 maybe even 99 percent if you distilled it and you got it really really refined so Dang, it concentrates it yeah. well the exactly. thing with that at home stuff like when people make butter and everything there's a lot of degradation of thc if you're doing it in your oven at kind of like temperatures that are fluctuating people keep it you know not in a cool dark place your thc will degrade so if you're getting butter, it's not going to be as pure as it would be coming from an extraction system. Yeah, and thankfully yeah. at our extraction facility, we're right next to the grow operations. So they have the freezers there. They're able to keep everything contained and really chilled and cut down the plant. We basically extract it right away. So there's no degradation of THC or terpenes or other things like that. It just produces a better quality concentrate. It's yeah. like a farm to table operation. <laughs> it's exactly yeah, like that. Yeah, for organic. sure. <laughs> yeah. Organic. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's what people are looking for, right? They want, you know, this fig was grown, his name was Larry, and now I yeah, got to eat yeah. it. <laughs> well, especially now, too, people, there's a lot of connoisseurs now, and they want top quality stuff. They want stuff that, you know, is not super dark. It looks really good, tastes good. Just high quality stuff now, more in the yeah. market, for and sure. And definitely, like, seeing our system here to give you guys a reference here, our closed loop system, our extraction system, uh, we use a butane propane blend. And in our extraction system, it can get extremely cold. It can get to cryogenic temperatures, so basically negative 20 degrees Celsius, which is extremely cold. And we're actually going to go to negative 40 degrees Celsius for most of our runs. And that just preserves the THC, right? Yeah, it helps you extract just THC. Because if you do it at um, warmer temperatures, at like room temperatures, you'll get chlorophylls and you'll get fats and lipids and things that you don't want in your extract. It's going to make your extract taste worse. It's not going to be as good of quality less THC, stuff like that. But if you do it at these colder temperatures, you don't pull all those chlorophylls or those fats and lipids. You can pull just THC. So yeah. it makes a better quality extract. Have you ever had a brownie that's just tasted like solid cannabis? You know, take a bite <laughs> yeah. taste like plant. Like that's, those lipids and fats, chlorophyll, that's what we want taken out of our product. You know, so exactly. you're just getting good taste. So, so let me ask want. this question. When somebody's eating one of those brownies that does taste like you're, you're chewing on a plant, um, is the, is the quality of the THC that you're ingesting then doing anything as far as what you're feeling in your body or otherwise, like your chemical reaction as the user, so to speak, is it, is it a less potent product? 
So it's definitely less potent yeah. because um, there's going to be other things involved in the extract process, like those chlorophylls and fats and stuff like that. As yeah. far as like the way it'll affect your body, it's not necessarily going to affect it too much differently than another extract would. It would just taste differently, smell differently, um, you know, not be as quality or um, high concentrations of THC. So it wouldn't yeah. get you as high. Got it. I think people, they have like a placebo effect. You take a bio brownie and they're like, all oh, this tastes like weed. It's going to be super dank and stuff. That's not always the case. You know, it's definitely it's a, yeah. a little less. Yeah. And it's that's the question I was asking. Yeah. Well, that's how there you get you in go. trouble. <laughs> yeah. like, these don't taste like anything. We're going to have four or five of these. You just... So this didn't start obviously, or I don't think like for either of you on a closed loop cryogenic system, uh, Brandon, where did like, where did you get the interest in, in this whole extraction field in this whole game of things? So the interest for me kind of started, I'm, you know, a horticulture major. I, uh, went to NMSU and I studied horticulture, which is the, the study of plants there. That's where I got my fundamentals for extracting and for the scientific side of growing plants and things like that. Um, and then I met Johnny here and we were growing plants together at our work where we had met and we had some mutual friends. We got a closed loop system on the side. And it's actually funny because we do have a closed loop system, a smaller system than this, significantly like smaller. Quarter pound, half pound yeah. system. <laughs> Very nice. small. But it is a cryogenic system. So you just get dry ice from like the supermarket and then you just get like some ethanol and you can get it down to negative 20 degrees Celsius, negative 40 degrees Celsius. And you can make a cryogenic system um, at home fairly easily. I mean, it's, it's really about $5,000. Like, so so <laughs> set up, like, is it like, we're talking like, uh, like how many, how much space would you do for something like that at your house? Uh, let me actually get, go ahead and get a picture pulled up for you, but it's, um, it's not that big for that system that he has. You know, we need a room about this big, but you know, good ventilation and stuff just because there is safety of having butane and stuff, you know, run out and everything. I but, was going to ask safety questions before we start showing people pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You He's make, like, you want to make sure you have a well ventilated area. You want to make sure you have somebody who knows what they're doing because at any point these volatile gases can escape. And if they escape, they're hazardous to your health. And if you spark anything around them, anything with lights or phones or anything plugged into a wall can set that spark off and houses have exploded. You could find this stuff on YouTube. Houses have exploded, garages have exploded, all kinds of things have exploded. See you guys, you guys are professionals. Operations. Let's not go advocate for anyone building <laughs> house. Yeah. yeah. This While is, it is you know, while it is easy to start, you definitely don't want to be doing this uh, unless you know what you're doing. But this is kind of the picture of the Ooh. small scale system that we have at our houses. Um, and <laughs> yeah. we can it's more of a that, hobby type. Yeah, it's more of a hobby. We just kind of do it on the weekends yeah. whenever we yeah, have some extra bud and stuff up. like exactly. that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, funnily cool. enough, everything that this extract started from came, like the materials that people use nowadays came from like moonshining and liquor distilling and stuff like that. That's where the origins of this equipment started. Interesting. So mm -hmm. just a little home still, but oh, yeah. just for, <laughs> cooking down bud instead of a... Uh, some, some hooch, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Some corn mash. <laughs> so that's cool. So it's this is called what again? The this this is called a butane closed loop extraction system. Uh, so all it means is you use butane propane as your solvent as your fuel to extract the bud and to extract the THC. Um, and it's a closed loop system, meaning when you extract the bud in THC, you can reclaim that butane and propane and reuse it again for later batches you can basically suck it back into the Recycling system it. and yep. recycle it exactly so you're not losing any and you're not 
wasting. Not only is this stuff making like really concentrated THC stuff, it's just like good for the environment too. Right? Yeah, and cost exactly. effective, you know, Very too, for the company. Effective. You're saving on substances and stuff. And yeah, oh. environmentally friendly because you don't have to use as much butane or propane or any other materials. You know, when you don't have to use, you lose a little bit as you go, but very little compared to the way people used to be doing it. So what kind of production capabilities does Outlaw have and like what kind of products are you working on, I guess? Like where are you at and like it literally in your production process and then if it's out in the market, like where are you at in town? So right now, definitely any kind of BHO extractions. Um, yeah, right now we're yeah, mostly crumble, focused on yeah, crumbles, sugars, sugars diamonds. Yeah. We're gonna be making we're gonna be making distillate for cartridges for various diamonds. edibles. Yes, definitely. Oh, um, and we got some pictures just soon. Soon we're gonna be getting into hash and hash rods and oh, well, you know if you want to get into awesome. it now, we can get into it now. So on the back page, the very last page of uh, what I had shown you guys has a little. I got you. <laughs> I know what you guys want to learn. I see you. I see you. <laughs> so we got some diamonds here in the top left corner. Um, there's some dirty diamonds as we call them, which just means that they're freshly extracted. They still have some of the terpenes and the sauces on them. Um, you basically load them into like these centrifuge tubes and then you load them into like a heated centrifuge, which is just a machine that spins really, really fast, basically. And it separates the sugars, the terpenes from the diamonds. And then on the last page, you have your diamonds that are separated from your terpenes. And that's essentially what they look like. They look like actual diamonds that you yeah. would be mining. That's the top shelf stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah stuff takes a little crazy. while to get to. But diamonds. ultimately, yeah, once you get to these diamond processes, it's usually like 95 to 99% THC, these diamonds. It's just pure THC. And that's just one of the products, though, you know, besides crumble oh yeah sides, oh yeah batter all that we're so. gonna be focusing on uh, all kinds of things we're gonna have distillate diamonds we're gonna have live resins like this live resin that we had shown you earlier the cherry kool-aid um we're gonna have all kinds of different products butters batters mm -hmm. um it all starts with the extraction system though ultimately and and from there it just goes down line once we get distillate and stuff then we can send that to a kitchen and then get any kind of edibles that we want gummies brownies cookies Whatever, so oh, man. Yeah. start so of the process of it yes elevates all that stuff so much mm -hmm. definitely yeah and then you can make it into anything there from there if you wanted you can actually turn this distillate into a water soluble thc version and then you could literally make any edible you want you can make drinks that don't separate you know like some of the drinks on the market right now like don't want to name any brand specifically but they separate ultimately so if you're yeah. sitting at a store you'll see the thc oil rise at the top you have to like shake the heck out of it before you drink it but if you get this thing called a sonicator, which is one of the things we're going to have, you can make water-soluble THC. So it mixes into the drink, and it never separates. Or sonicator. <laughs> yeah. Who invented that, bro? That's what I want to know. Who was, like, the guy... The guy that was just like... What's funny is he probably invented it. So like, oh, we'll use it to dissolve salt for this solution. Well, yeah. Someone was like, we're going to dissolve THC in this shit. Oh, yeah, we're going to get high off of this exactly. shit is what they said for sure. <laughs> exactly. So his high friend then renamed it the Sonicator. Yeah. <laughs> as far as where we're at in the production facility, you know, we got our extraction pod, which is our entire lab that's coming in. It's coming in outfitted with um, gas monitoring systems, uh, 
HVAC systems to ventilate it very well and to have uh, HEPA air filters on it. So everything's cool. extremely clean. This is from uh, Across International, right? No, this the is pot. actually from H&H um, &H Extraction. They're out of Colorado. The pod is at least. A lot of the equipment that we're going to be getting inside of the pod, like some of the pictures we'll show you later, those are from Across International and various other companies and I mean, stuff like that. We're in the future now. It's crazy that you can go online and basically order a turnkey pod that we're getting, we're getting a 40 foot pretty much like a storage like shipping container that it's outfitted with like HVAC yeah. systems, the gas monitoring things, system. everything that you Explosion need for, proof lights. Yeah. Like they oh, take cool. this to the next level. And they're just everything doing this for extractions. Good. They also do this for grows and oh yeah, yeah it's been sure. really cool that before you'd have to buy everything individually, kind of and build, build it, it yourself. Now it's like, yeah. So you hey, order it, do it and it shows up on the back of the truck. They plug they it in basically. Yeah. yeah. And they come <laughs> and put it. it together generally too. As yeah. long as you know how to run it, um, you can, even if you don't know how to run it, you can pay them an extra little bit of fee and they'll teach you how to run it. It's That's insane. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you guys have a say in the design? Yeah, definitely. Exactly. To. We tell them like what kind of products we're trying to focus on, where we want certain things like tables in the facility, how we want it to be ease of use to be able to move from one machine to the other type of thing. Um, and yeah. So, so I got to ask, I got to ask a couple of questions as they relate to like, you're talking about setting up shop, man. And, uh, and you're here in New Mexico. What does it mean to be business owners in New Mexico? Like you, you've, you, you've traversed uh, 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 like a really cool, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a boundary. Like you, you've, 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 you've accomplished a feat. Yeah. You are Definitely. now outlaw. You're blazing yeah. the trail in a new frontier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Like, what is that like? What is it like? Tell us what that means to be here in New Mexico, establishing a business, albeit for people. It's been yeah, awesome. But... Honestly, I went to college, not for horticulture, but I went for business, small business management, marketing nice. and stuff at UNM. Which is and why we so, make the perfect team, as yeah, you can see. Yeah, <laughs> so this is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted to get in the industry since I turned 18, you know, and worked on grows, retail side. And so finally being able to be a part of something that, you know, we're kind of bringing from the ground up pretty much and building our own brand, coming up with logos and images and stuff. It's been really, really awesome. And I feel really lucky, you know, especially in a small town like Albuquerque. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to break out of that that barrier like you're saying so yeah like johnny said like lucky grateful are kind of words that come to mind just being able to do this process and to be able to learn this knowledge and get this type of equipment and just and to be, be in the to community too it. the whole cannabis community here has grown so much definitely even since rec now so it's been great it's a good yeah, community to be a part of up on just over a year a little over a year. A little, a little over a year. year. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. We're actually Booming about to be now. at a year. The Etsy yeah. Awards were a couple of days ago, actually. Yeah. And Sabrina yeah. was there, yeah. too. And yeah, there's so many new you know, dispensaries now that have, bring, like, have brought new competition. So it's been it's going to be yeah. really interesting. So yeah. grateful and lucky are actually two yeah. words that come to mind for yeah. sure. Yeah, what's that like? You mentioned it, competition. Competition. So like in looking at it as where this operation in town that does um, extraction, and I imagine you can do that by contract, do you guys offer that opportunity? Like if, if somebody's growing a crop, I guess, you know, like, and, and wants then to create an extract from said crop, does outlet, outlaw extracts do that? Yeah, we do. Uh, so we're, we have a partnership where we're starting with HDR, High Desert Relief, um, and they are going to be partnering with us. It's not an exclusive partnership though, so we can use other people's buds as well and we can get different people's products in and make products for them as well, which is why we're getting set up to do a variety of products. 
That's and so true. yeah, they can find us. Um, right now, we only have our Instagram at Outlaw Extracts. Uh, we are hoping to put together some emails and different things like that. Um, you can get in contact with us through High Desert Relief as well at the moment. Um, and yeah, we're working on getting different contact methods in there. Nice. Yeah. So what's, what products should you guys be rolling out first? Carts. <laughs> Carts are going to be yeah. our main focus, distillate, because um, High Desert Relief, as we said, we're having a partnership with them. They're going to be focusing extremely heavily on edibles and things like that. So we're going to be making a lot of distillate for edibles, for cartridges, for different things like that. Yeah. Um, we hope to also focus on live resin, though, as well, to bring mm. that really quality extract to New Mexico. What do you What do you see in trends in Albuquerque? Like, what do you think is being most highly consumed? Is it is it gummies? Is it baked goods? Is it the things to make things at home on your own? Yeah. Is it flour? What is it? I see the most, I see people smoking are carts. You know, you have your bloom cart, things what like that. that. That's really, really popular right now. It's discreet, <laughs> super easy to, you know, conceal and hit wherever you want to be at, you know, inside, outdoors. But I think and that's the biggest product right now, honestly. Yeah, some people don't really like to, you know, openly use cannabis. Uh, they're not as okay with it in public use as maybe some people are um so these cartridges are really convenient for those people to make it not look like they're smoking cannabis let's say to other people who may be looking for whatever reason sure um so that's yeah that's I love about them yeah. they're all kinds of different flavors you can make just regular distillate and then add whatever kind of terpene flavor you want and then it becomes whatever flavor in whatever cartridge you want it to be tell us a little bit about that like you know i i think um and and tell me ben or man in the booth. If, don't yes. cross. I, you broke a rule. Um, <laughs> tell me this, if, if I'm beating a dead horse, but I keep going back to all of these, like, our opportunities to educate. And so, like, you, you my, my friend, sound like you know all of the things that I don't know about uh, marijuana since I was 14 years old. <laughs> but, like, terpenes. What are terpenes? Okay, so uh, terpenes are also called, like, flavonoids, as some people call them. Uh, they're basically the flavor and smell that you get off of different cannabis. So sometimes when you have a flower uh, that's one strain, let's say, you know, sour diesel Cushman's versus another strain that's like apple fritter, they're gonna smell and taste completely different than each other versus like orange cookies, one of the flavors that HGR provides. Um, they are gonna smell and taste completely different when you extract them, those different terpenes is what they're called. Um, are going to be in higher concentrations in various other products. And they're basically what gives the cannabis its flavor and smell. Right. It's not even necessarily just cannabis. There's terpenes <laughs> in any kind of food, you know, fruits and stuff. You Definitely, can extract yeah. that from, you know, banana flavors, peach flavors. You can get so terpenes like from stuff like that. Limonene, which is one of the most common terpenes in cannabis. Um, yeah. It gives certain flavors, certain cannabis, like it's lemon flavor. Um, super lemon mm, haze is a common yes. example. Uh, that so limonene, here, right? exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, that limonene is actually very commonly found in lemons. That's why it's called limonene. So then, okay, so terpenes. We have terpenes. What else are we dealing with here? Uh, terpenes and cannabinoids are the yeah. two main factors of cannabis extracts. Okay. Uh, cannabinoids refer to THC, CBD, CBNs, THC, Delta 9, all kinds of different. Um, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. The things that get you higher, the things that give uh, medicinal benefits. Terpenes do have some medicinal benefits, um, but that's where the like whole indica slash sativa myth kind of comes in. Because if you're like couch locked, like with what indica is supposed to give you, that's just different terpenes that give you that couch lock effect. Couch Interesting. Lock. Tell me, tell I me like more there. Then, what, okay. What, where, uh, where do we where do we achieve 
Couch lock. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. Uh, so I guess one of the terpenes that's commonly associated with couch lock is like linalool. So linalool is in ro- I'm sorry, lavender. Um, and lavender is commonly associated with stress relief. So you take a bath Calming, with like yep. a lavender bath yeah, bomb relaxing. or something like that. It's, yeah, it's relaxing. It's calming. And those effects come through when you're smoking the cannabis or the extract as well yeah. with the linalool in it. That's why you get a little couch lock, a little tired, a little sleepy. That's kind of those effects that come on. Terpies are insane how they infect, how they affect the brain chemistry. Definitely, like that, like yeah. A little bit. Versus cool. if you have like a limonene extract or a limonene with a terpene enhancement, you can have like a sativa effects. It gives you more energy like you would if you ate a lemon kind of you know it feels you. Kind of feel exactly exactly yeah cool. so that's kind of the difference uh different terpenes can give different effects onto the cannabis even though you're smoking the same thc it's different terpenes that will give you the different effects that's crazy See, yeah, yeah. we learned something today we yeah. well because i mean like i you've heard so many people describe we were like you know or cannabis using like oh man this will you know put you right down and then you know it's like didn't do anything at all for me but then you also hear people describe it with uh, with different terms, right? Like some people just use the terpene, some people just use indica sativa, or some people just use like the THC content, and that's what kind of throws me off all the yeah. time. Is like, so what exactly am I trying to shop for? You know, so because I like stuff that like sometimes you want to get like you want that feeling that's like right behind your face. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and other times you're going for for the couch lock. Effect, exactly. You know? Yeah. And knowing those different terpenes and knowing those different effects will definitely help you make the right decision and what you want to purchase. Let me ask you this question and what you want to purchase with distillates um, or extracts rather. I don't, I, I'm not a huge gummy fan because it, it does the couch lock thing to me. I feel a little bit gumbied by them. Yeah. Um, well, the next day for me, it's not even like the day I take them. It just, I, feel, I don't feel the full effect of them until the day after. It's hmm. kind of weird. I think, yeah, okay. that's what I was going to say. I think the, they, they have an everlasting effect for me. So, um, Is that because we're old? <laughs> <laughs> no, so edibles are actually very weird um, because if you don't make them like water-soluble, like we were kind of talking earlier with sonication sure. and stuff like that, then they have a hard time dissolving in our system. And so our stomachs have a hard time processing them. So it takes longer for edibles to hit you. Yeah. And not only that, but since it takes longer for them to hit you, the whole high doesn't hit you all at once. It kind of hits you in separate blocks, especially if you like have food in your system versus if you don't have food in your yeah. system. You have to be eaten all day. Well, like, do that go, go real quickly. Problem, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll definitely take a little while longer to hit you. Um, and Well, yeah, like the more uh, fatty foods you have in you, proteins and stuff, that's what THC binds to. So if you have that in your system, you're going to feel effects you know, sooner than if you weren't eating anything like that. Definitely. So, and so, so a lot of the time with science, these edibles, yeah, yeah. stuff again. So people think that I think people think like if you don't drink or whatever, or if you don't eat before you drink, you're gonna get super drunk, of course. But I think they take that over to cannabis. If you're not gonna eat before you take edibles, like oh, this is gonna hit me a lot more than if I ate something. It's not true. You want to have you know some food in your system for a THC to bind to. There you go. Yeah, yeah, so it works better. Yeah, we learned something there. We well, that's something. like when you try. I remember we used to try to drink and make tea with it. You always have to use milk, and that's why, right? So I've heard someone to bind to. Yeah, so at least with alcohol and like the whole milk thing, that's kind of like a that's kind of like an acidic kind of counterbalance that it would help for. Mm. Interesting, interesting. You learn something every day. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just asking questions around the kind of the the length of uh, of of the high because um, sometimes you you want to be you want to be done. 
You want to be like, take a nap. A lot of the times, people with edibles too, especially, they like to think, oh, okay, I can do 100 milligrams, I can do 500 milligrams, it's yeah. no big deal, oh, you know. Yeah. But I, I personally, I consume a lot of cannabis on the regular basis, and I can tell you that my usual dosage is about 10, maybe 50 milligrams, maybe 100 if I'm just trying to like go to sleep, basically. Yeah. But anything past that is just too much for me as a regular cannabis user. Yeah, and I would say we're like we're not advising anybody to do anything, but like. <laughs> as somebody that's an extract guy like if you're if you're trying them out first time we've heard that it sticks around a little bit longer we probably want to chop something up right and take it and see how we feel after how long um, you, so it takes about, you know, an hour to three hours to hit you. Um, and then it'll last anywhere from about two to five hours after that. Yes. Um, generally it won't last much longer than that, but everybody's of course different. It can last longer for some people and, you know, 10 milligrams can feel like a thousand milligrams to some people because they have an extremely low tolerance. Yeah. Uh, that's not common, but it does happen sometimes. There's cool. special cases too. We have a friend, Waxman, and he can take like 2,500 milligrams. That's like his nightly dose. Oh, that's just a daily, daily nightly dose. Just so he can yeah. go to sleep. And so it's like, that would be done for like the whole week. I'd and so it's done. crazy how people's like bodies process that stuff. Like, just differently. Like, like how much product are we talking that would be? Like that's a different. lot. That's, <laughs> oh, 2,500 milligrams is, oh, ah, if I had to do a quick calculation, like probably really like an really ounce like, of flour. Wow. That goes into 2,500 milligrams, maybe a little bit less. Uh, that might be an overestimate, maybe like half an ounce of flour. But that's just a half an ounce of straight flour THC content that goes into 2,500 milligrams. Yeah. Let's 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 transition here. Okay, so we we opened out law extracts. You're getting into talking about what it takes to make certain things. Like, what does a production facility like? What you're standing up take? What has that process been like? You know, I think I think and I and only ask because I think Albuquerque is all the rage always, right? Like, um, we have how many breweries now? We have how many um, you don't know, distilleries for yeah. for liquor? Um, and so now now we are here with dispensaries and people are opening up things and, yeah. and so I always have the question of like. <laughs> the and you don't have to give me raw numbers, but like, what well, does it take? Because I, I don't professional I think facility, think for a professional like facility, have. can go anywhere from about three hundred thousand to easily two million if you really wanted to spend two million on it. But that's like a high end facility that's going to be processing a lot of extracts and making a lot of mostly different automated, types of products. Yeah. mostly automated at that point because you don't want these automated machines that cost a little bit more. Our facility is going to probably run us about a little north of three quarters of a million dollars. Um, so the pod that we're going to be getting in, that's the main bit of it. It's probably going to be about 250, 300,000. And then we're going to have all of this equipment that you have pictures of, uh, scientific equipment that we're going to be using to make these extracts. Yep. So let's, let's go down the equipment list again. So process one is the extraction. And you were saying over a course of a day that it was, what, eight? You can run 80 pounds? pounds in a course of a day. So this, this so. system runs 10 pounds per hour. So over the course of just an eight-hour day, regular standard work day, you can run 80 pounds on this system. Hey, 80 so pounds you guys of get up in the morning, show up to work. There's a giant pile of weed outside. <laughs> just start shoveling it in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Ours is a little nicer than that. We have, uh, they're kind of like socks. They're sleeves that cool. we're able to load the butt into that's frozen already. And we kind of just change those out into the system right here that yeah, the so runs over. As a reference oh, to so these pictures. Like, they're like sliding so these first, here. these first three columns on the left side, those actually just hold 
cold arbutane at the beginning. That gets the arbutane extremely cold, so it can be um, processed properly, and so it can be cryogenically cooled. The next two columns in the middle are actually going to be our material columns. That's where we load the socks, like Johnny mm-hmm. was saying, of all of our pound of flour and stuff like that. That's the Each of those are five-pound columns, so you could load a total of 10 pounds of that system. From there, you can run it through like a CRC or a molecular sieve, as it's called. Um, they do different things as far as filtration goes. One of them takes out water. One of them takes out like fats and lipids and colors and things like that. And then you have your final big column at the end that catches the extract at the end. And then you can pull the butane and propane back through to the beginning part of the system and reuse it. That's why it's called a closed loop system like we were going over earlier. But yeah, that's the basic breakdown of the extraction system as we're going to be using it. From there, uh, it kind of deviates a little bit. We would, um, to make distillate from there, we would want to... Which is the equivalent, again, give us the layman's term. Uh, which is like a oil liquor for oil, <laughs> oil in the carts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so to make that, you would throw in some ethanol, which is essentially just alcohol, a food grade alcohol. You would freeze it at ultra low temperatures, which is negative um, 80 degrees Celsius is what we're going to be freezing it at. And from there, any of those fats and lipids that maybe happen to make it through the extracts, uh, which uh, there shouldn't be many, but any that did go through there would be separated out in the alcohol mixture because of the cold temperatures that it achieves. It just solidifies those molecules together. And so then we'd filter it through kind of like a coffee filter looking system. Um, And then we would run it in the rotary evaporator here, which would, this is that rotary evaporator. Got it. Which uh, would take out the ethanol and you could reuse that ethanol. It would recache the ethanol over here. The oil from the big extraction system sits in this this big glass right here with the ethanol and it spins in a water vat pretty much and it burns off the ethanol and it recollects ethanol in this area right here so you're just left with just pure distillate yeah there. well or so pure crude oil pure yeah. crude oil yeah and from there uh well we'll get into that here in a second but from that crude oil it would condense the ethanol in these condensers up top here and then you would catch it here on the back end and that ethanol can be reused to do the same process later. This process is called winterization for anybody who's interested in the uh, scientific terms of it all. You know what I just realized? If you're still listening to this as a podcast, you're as high as we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Listen to this. This is some fun stuff right it's here. Like four dudes pointing out a piece of paper that nobody can fucking see. <laughs> for real, basically. Just kidding. All jokes aside, we are looking at like some some pretty crazy equipment here. And, and talking about some pretty involved processes like, but we're talking to a marketing dude and basically a, a, a plant scientist and you have merged to make a business in Albuquerque work and, and you're, you're partnered with another local business making that thing work. And so like, how do people get involved with, with a business like yours? Are you, I, I know you're only four, but are you planning to grow? Uh, what does what does the future look like for Outlaw Extracts? I know you just you just launched, but I'm asking you about the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we actually do want to get into things like uh, hash and rosin because that's where the extract market is kind of going. A lot of uh, more connoisseur people are looking at these types of products, hmm. hash rosin or um, various different things involving that. I think we also you know we're trying to hit. There's a huge wholesale market now because of recreational. So these dispensaries they don't necessarily have a grow or an extract you know facility for themselves. So they're buying. 
from other local places. So that's what we're trying to tap into as well. You know, yeah. I, I I saw that happen in the in the and we saw that happen in the beer industry with folks that would go around and can hmm. for breweries. Yeah. Right? Oh know? yeah. So so this is this is is this that's a pretty much yeah that? like yeah. offering they, a specialized service that sure, most yeah. people may not have necessarily and uh, other people can use it wholesale. Yeah. Say a new dispensary here, they have their own grow, but not a place to extract stuff. They can hit us up and you know give us their product or whatever, and we'll give them this lip. Yeah, and while there whatever. are a lot of different um, extract facilities on the market, we feel that um, they may not be hitting all the varieties for maybe as cheap as they could be potentially. So we're trying to help bring light to that market and help uh, those people out because there's a lot of different uh, people. Going. As far as extracts here in New Mexico, there's not too many places that do that. You know, there's some really big names, farmers, you know, butter pros things like that bloom but it's still you know compared to like actual retail spots and then like yeah, growers the and growth. stuff there's not as many extraction places here in new mexico yet compared to colorado or you know california definitely so, so there's still a market to be hit there for sure yeah that's cool when you get into like the hash and the live rosins why do the connoisseurs go for those rather than the, the extracts is it like a flavor profile thing yeah a lot of it uh, comes down to the fact that people don't want so like with our system that we're using right now bho uh some people think that you know the butane being used to extract may not produce the best quality so with these like hash rosins or hash just in general you're using water to extract it and so a lot of people think that's like a cleaner method type of thing so that's kind of why they gravitate more to those types of products and then too like what's the best way to consume like we talked about the cartridges uh the disposables but like i know i've got myself into some trouble sometimes with dabs and so <laughs> like, like what's the best way to do that type of like a dab rig or is it better to use like something that's electric and kind of more meat it's just personal i mean it, personal it preference some people that. like having that rig and loading up a fat glob of dabs you know and high temping it and just you know getting that deep smoke inhale but there's also people that use like puffcos and stuff that yeah. you know are easy for traveling and you want little hits here and there but or like pens that people yeah, can load I think it's wax just personal into. preference honestly yeah, yeah. everybody kind of has people their like people optimal like optimal temperature or is it that's kind of more just like based on preference well there so there is. is an optimal temperature but a lot of people don't like to hear that because it also is one of those personal preferences thing um optimal temperature would probably be around 500 degrees fahrenheit um, 450 to 600, 650 is kind of the range that people will do because some people like colder dabs and some people like hotter dabs. It kind of depends on what you're smoking. Because if you're smoking, let's just say like a regular shatter or a regular like crumble, a uh, standard extract, most of the time they don't have as high of terpene content. So they, you can just burn it. You can go as hot, hot as possible and it doesn't really affect it because it'll taste a little funky, but it was going to taste funky anyway type of thing. Yeah. But if you have like a live resin or like a rosin that tastes really, really good, you want to do that on a lower temp so you can taste it a little bit more and it drags it out kind of. It's like a, doing a shot of whiskey versus like really enjoying the whiskey, you know, in your glass and taking little sips at a time and kind of feeling it out. Getting gotcha. the flavor gotcha. out of there. It's like yep. swirling the wine. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> exactly. But Swirl. people do like convenience as well, you know, carts and stuff like that. People sure. are really in for the quick, you know, getting high quick or discreetly too, without yeah. taking a long time yeah. to yeah. letting yeah. things yeah. cool yeah. down yeah. and heat up and stuff. So now if you guys were using all of your products at once, because I mean like I've been in Colorado, I've bought those crazy joints where it's like, you know, has this, you know, with this flour mixture, with dipped in oil, then rolled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so what yeah. kind of crazy contraption 
could you guys come up with that would like use all like how would you kind of meld all these together to create some well the standard kind of like have you heard have you heard of a packwoods it's kind of the same thing it's like the company backwoods but they it's out of california but they do the same thing they roll cannabis in like a blunt covered in wax dipping in keef like moon rocks all kinds of crazy stuff yeah there's a lot of similar types of those products with different names like i've heard triple threat is one of the names where it just has bud it has hash and it has wax all throughout that uh blunt and you can smoke those and you get a triple threat of all those different tie sticks (laughs) people love that (laughs) there's all kinds of different names for uh these products but essentially we're going to be making uh similar products like that where it combines all the different extracts and flour and hashes that we're going to be making at some point I think you guys should make one called the Turducken. Turducken. <laughs> <laughs> <Bro>. Turducken. <laughs> yes. That's great. Yes. I've uh, seen that. Like so, a duck inside of a turkey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Turducken, man. And so marketing, uh, tell us what it's like to market for a cannabis company, man. We, you know, we're sitting sort of on the bubble here. I think Best of Buds is... It is a uh, an adventure time for us. We get to yeah. we get to like play in the cannabis industry and talk to folks that are working in the day to day. You're in the seat day to day, working with, I think, regulatory bodies and, you know, a uh, uh, mildly sometimes informed public. I mean, a very highly yeah. regulated field. It is so well. regulated, especially on social media and I didn't know this. Brandon told me the other day, but especially in New Mexico, you don't want to market things that can be marketed to kids like certain kind of candies and stuff like yeah, that you have to so avoid there's actually all that. laws put in place where yeah. you can't use like which is all figures. really new that's all super new and especially for social media too like instagram you can post some like stuff of bud or wax and they'll take it down because they think that you're you know selling it through instagram or something so yeah, they're very so it's extremely regulated they'll ban you for that kind of stuff so you have to make sure that you know not for sale only you know for display only make sure you're hitting like those keywords in there so what do you find your best avenue for for marketing is ironically it is still social media even yeah. though they are as um, <laughs> yeah. strict as they are you have to be right? really careful with your words that you put in it you have to make sure you're not selling it through social media and stuff yeah. and they'll let you do it they'll but, let you do it yeah. but the main reason that that's our market is because that's where our target audience is is mm-hmm. because um, most of the time with cannabis users especially with waxes it's generally a younger cannabis user anywhere from about 25 to 40 or 50 and then you start to get older people who ask like oh what is this extract how do we do this etc so, so Brandon, I'm gonna challenge you. Yeah, all right, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, man, if my mom wanted something, you know, if my, my mom's about seventy, what, was your mom about seventy? Yeah. So for our yeah, folks that are, she, yeah, I know, I'm yeah, not talking. Your mom yeah, would never, bro. No. But, but I could probably <laughs> persuade my mom. <laughs> like, what? What are we? You know, the the, the older folks. That's so what's something that they could they could dabble in, maybe that you they would, could look up the dabbing granny. That's what I would say to look up. <laughs> yeah, All right, there's this older woman. Awesome. I want to. She's. I want to say she's around like sixty or seventy, and she just does fat dabs like literally half gram dabs on youtube on youtube (laughs) she'll record herself doing it and she'll handle it like a freaking champ like better than i literally will i'm not even exaggerating when i say that no but i think as we get closer to our rollout date you know hopefully this summer and stuff where we have products out we want to have you know involve the community a little bit more get with high desert and have you know just like a social day where people can come by and see the products put it how vendors art vendors you know glass blowers stuff like that so where people the community can come out and you know just hang out and yeah, we're going to talk to Brandon and I, you know, talk to high desert people that are going to be providing the flower to us. So, 
think yeah, we're gonna like have like a brand definitely... launch party yeah. uh social events to be able to show the brand and maybe give out some merch kind of separate us yeah. from the rest of the people and uh, explain what we're going to be about and have some community outreach yeah. that's cool when you guys talk about community how do you guys get a or what's the reaction when people hear that you're cannabis entrepreneurs uh, so it can actually really go one of two ways. Yeah. Either they're very like, why are you doing that? That's a terrible industry to be in. Or they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. That's amazing. Keep doing your work that you're doing mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it really goes one of two ways. Yeah. Thankfully, more people nowadays are being more on the second avenue of thank God that you're doing yeah. that. And thank, thank you for doing that I think that well, once we like explain it, like the actual equipment we're working with, we're not working with like some backyard stuff. Like we have lab grade professional equipment. And so when they see that, they're like, okay, you know they're taking this a little bit more serious yeah. than most people so so like we were talking about earlier with like explosion videos on youtube or things like that you can also look up how people used to do extracts and the way people used to do cannabis extracts is they would take like this tube of weed generally like glass or stainless steel or whatever and then you would blast in a can of butane like the cans you would get at smoke shops um, and then you would run that butane through and then it would come out and you would collect it in like a pan of parchment paper or whatever. And you would just let that butane off gas. And that's super rigged, super, <laughs> yeah. super ghetto. Basically, <laughs> yeah. if there was a spark around that procedure, that would be really bad for everybody involved. Most of the time they did it outside, though, because they knew that it was, you know, explosive gases and stuff like that. Um, but it was very ghetto back in the days. And there's probably butane still left in that stuff too, right? Oh, for yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. definitely smoking butane <laughs> back yeah, then. That doesn't seem like that. Yeah. So I think once people see out. like the professionalism that we have and everything, they like you know, we're talking. We go down to the lights, the explosion-proof lights, explosion-proof plugs in the room, just to make sure there's nothing that's that's there. And we're actually in what's called a C1D1 environment, which is a regulatory term that they use for these explosive hazardous areas and you have to have all kinds of things to make sure that you can do this in a c1d1 environment very cool man well i mean congratulations there's going to be a grand opening soon um yeah we're hoping to have a brand launch out around june maybe mid-june uh we're hoping to make sure to get out by like uh 7 10 because that's a big dab day that everybody's in the oil day that everybody's into that's Uh, oil upside down Oh, mm. <laughs> it's like I'm older than he it's is. It's like the 420 thing. holiday, but for like wax users and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're trying to make sure we get our brand out by that point, but we're have we're trying to have it out a month earlier than that if we can. Seven ten, seven ten, seven ten. Keep your eyes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outlaw Say it three times it'll happen. Outlaw extracts. Yeah, maybe we can get you guys in here one, one time before that too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. As we get closer to the date, we're planning on getting our extraction pod here by the end of March. Um, and then we should be having most of our equipment in by the end of February. Cool. I'm sorry, by the end of uh, April. April. Yeah. Cool. I, I got one more, one more kind question. of sciencey, sure. sciencey question. I'll direct it towards you, Brandon. So, like, with a lot of pharmaceuticals being, like, derived from, like, some opioids, stuff like that, you know, that are uh, narcotics, do you guys have the ability to refine THC in a way where you could kind of channel relief in different forms like that, like a pharmaceutical, or is it? Kind of some more derived toward just like a general relief type effect. So I guess that's where like terpenes and other cannabinoids kind of come into play. That's where you can get like these different effects. What some people call uh, like the entourage effect is what some people call where you use CBD and THC in combination. So you get more of like a full embodied effect versus if you just do like distillate, for instance, you'll notice that the high is a little different than like if you smoke flour or if you Mm -hmm. smoked like Mm -hmm. uh, different kinds of dabs because those other kinds of dabs have CBD, have other terpenes and it 
like has a more encompassing effect versus with distillate with pens it has like more of a straightforward like you only get one type of feeling off of it because it's just thc yeah and we so. can pull out those other things like because there's still a huge medical market here you know those medical patients are still around you know 80 80,000 90,000 medical patients yeah. in new mexico and so we can extract certain things, CBD, CBN especially, that is used for, you know, cancer patients, arthritis patients. And so if we wanted to specifically focus on that, we could do that and have products rolled out for yeah, medical actually, patients still. There's a large market, a large interest growing in CBG as one of the cannabinoids yeah. uh, lately. And I've we actually heard of CBG. It's it's kind of more of one of the newer it's ones, newer, kind yeah. of. Um, but has it always been there though? It has oh, always yeah, okay. been there. It's just people are starting to realize that <laughs> sure. it was. They can extract it too now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we actually have a lot of CBG in most of our strains. I was looking at it the other day. At least most of the strains that we're going to be provided with and um so they have a lot of cbg hopefully we can concentrate that cbg and just sell it as straight cbg so people mm -hmm. can get those benefits or mix it into other products if that's what need be awesome yep. so this is kind of our outlaw extracts logo that we're going to be finalizing here within the next Ooh, week or two we cool. got a couple of some minor changes to make but then we're going to be upgrading uh updating our instagram account with it and uh we'll get started rolling out from there we'll keep our eyes Excellent. peeled yeah Heck excited yeah. to see what you guys come up with 710 Yep, that's the day. That's the yeah, big and you day. can find <laughs> us on Instagram at Outlaw Extracts NM. NM. Go give them a follow, guys, at we Outlaw did. Extracts NM. We did. Sweet, yeah. Nice. All right. Sweet. Well, thank you guys for having us. Thank you guys yeah, for coming out. Over and out.